Because of the way the universe is created, we each of us live in two worlds at the same time. We have to live in the outer life of our own bodies and the inner life of our own souls. Hello and welcome to Living the Inner Life. I'm your host, Chris Sheridan, and I want you to join with me on a journey into our inner lives, our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, all these components of our interior experience that help shape the way we interact with and respond to the outside world. And if we can utilize these tools of consciousness, we can live a better life, both inner and outer. Now, I want to pause for a second and just say thank you for anybody who's been listening up until this point and hopefully beyond. This is podcast, I believe, number 53. I set out uh, to have 100 in the can by the end of this year, 2023, and looks like I'm a little ahead of schedule, which is great. And I'll probably exceed my estimate, but I've been enjoying speaking to you out there and sharing what I've learned about consciousness and the inner life. I've been studying this for a long, long time and degrees and everything else and all this. And it's been really a great exercise for me because a lot of what I talk about, not only am I interested in, it's actually some things I'm also working on. So if I talk about forgiveness or the hero's journey or something like that, maybe these are areas that I'm also working through in my life. But today, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for subscribing. Please do. If you're not, if you're on YouTube or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and rate. And if you don't like the show, you can give it a poor rating. That's fine. That's better than nothing, uh, better than no rating, because that helps get it out there, make it a little more visible so that other people that might have an interest in what we're sharing can find us. All right. So... That's actually the topic for today. I want to talk about gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. Now, gratitude is something that is very easy to do when things are going your way and people are behaving the way you want them to and you find that choice parking spot at the mall or whatever goes on that you feel good about, anything that happens and you can say, wow, that's great. I'm really grateful for that. But if something goes wrong and doesn't go your way, it's really easy to be disappointed. Now, that's natural, of course. But if we set into motion this negativity when things don't really go our way, we can often dwell on that. We know that bad news travels faster than good news. Uh, as a matter of speaking of news, a lot of news if you watch the news, is generally bad stuff or some conflict or personality crisis or some problem in society that seems to get a lot of press and a lot of coverage in the news. It can bring you down. It can make you feel that really nothing is going all that well in the world and you're just trying to hold it together and get through another day. And it's different when you approach the world, and yourself, and the things that happen around you with a sense of gratitude, with a sense of acceptance, a sense of thankfulness, because we don't always know what is good for us. Now, our ego and our appetites, our indulgences, 
yes, we know this tastes better than that. I'd rather feel this way than that way. Okay, that if you have a little extra money feels a little better than if you have not enough money to get by. Okay, that's very natural. That really makes sense. But even the good things sometimes aren't always that good for us. Okay, we might be chasing something or seeking something that gives pleasure, or sometimes you can feel pleasure in somebody else not doing so well. Um, these things aren't really necessarily good for us, just like you know, sometimes junk food or ice cream might taste really good at certain times, uh, but it's not substantive. You know, you're not going to live off that. And if you do, you're, you're probably going to wind up with some other problems. Okay, so it's kind of like spiritual nutrition in a way. Uh, this attitude of gratitude, because to be thankful in the day for the things of the day, we recognize and are able to accept things maybe beyond face value. All right. Well, there's a parable or a story, an adage, allegory, something you may have heard it. It's been relatively popularized, uh, but it kind of underscores this idea that what happens on the surface, whether it is immediately good or immediately not so good, may have other meanings, may have other layers may actually be a good thing, this bad thing, and this good thing may actually be a bad thing. And I've probably spoiled the whole story, but it goes like this. There's a village, and there's a farmer, and he has a son who's growing up to be a young man, and the town got together and pitched in and bought this man's son a horse, and everybody rejoiced, said, wow, this is great. The wise old man said, hmm, we'll see. Well, the kid's riding his horse, and it's all good fun. He falls off, and he breaks his legs very badly. And the town folks say, wow, this, this is really bad. This is terrible. And the wise old man says, hmm, we'll see. Well, then the army comes through to the village, recruiting and conscripting young men to go off to fight in the war. And when they come upon the farmer's son, they see that his legs are broken and say, oh, well, I guess we can't recruit you. So the town folks say, hey, this is good. So these good things may not always be good, and these bad things may have some other hidden meaning that we can't see. You know, a lot of times we can't see the whole thing, the whole picture. That's why it's always good to leave an open mind, this open door of gratitude. Okay, Sometimes the bad thing, or what at first seems like a bad thing, can be a really good thing later on. It can be part of helping you grow. You know, there's another saying that says, I didn't get what I wanted, so I had to settle for something better. A lot of times we shoot too low for our goals, and if we don't get them, or if they're not really aligned with our soul's longing, or our heart of hearts, or our true desires, the good ones, the real ones, the meaningful ones, if we don't get what we want, well, maybe we're not wanting the right thing, okay? Maybe part of us inside is really wanting to experience something else, and this stuff on the surface that we're chasing maybe is just a distraction, all right? So we have to leave the door open, or at least the possibility of leaving the door open that on the surface, things that are good or bad may or may not be 
depends on how they all play out. And like I'm saying, you know, we may be wanting the wrong thing. <laughs> so if this thing that we want isn't the best for us and we don't get it, it can be a real disappointment. But it's not what we're supposed to be doing. And, and by supposed to, I don't mean society or anybody else imposing what you're supposed to do, but the real supposed to, what you're here for, what you're meant to do, what can help you learn and grow and then share with others as you go along through life. Well, this also uh, is brought about in the New Testament, in the Bible. I believe it's Matthew 25, 29. I'm not a chapter and verse kind of guy, but I did look at it before uh, coming onto the podcast, and I think that's, <laughs> my memory recalls uh, what it is. It's someone there. I think it's the parable of the talents. Um, but this has to do with abundance and lack, okay? So it goes a little something like this. I should probably read it. I should cite it, but I'm going to paraphrase it, okay? Um, For he who has much, even more will be given. For he who has little, even that will be taken away. Okay? So if you've got something, you will get more and more abundance. If you have very little, even that will be taken away. Sounds really harsh, and it kind of is. It's also true, because it's talking about how your attitude is shaped towards things. All right? Now, you can have 99 things go wrong or be bad in your life in a day, and one thing that's good. Now, if you proportion them all out equally, you'll spend 99% of your time on the negative bad stuff and 1% of your time on the good thing, on what you have. So if you flip that around, you can say, well, here's, well, just to make it simple, here's nine things that didn't go right, okay? These are nine things I don't have. These are nine things that are going wrong. These are nine things I would rather have some other thing than these nine things, all right? Um, make that be just a little bit, and then take that one thing, yeah, but I have this going on. I have my health. I have my family. Well, I have my job. I may not have the car I want. I may just have a really simple, modest economy car, and I would really rather have something else. But you know what? I have this car. This car works. It gets me around. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for what little I have. And this doesn't mean to shoot your sights too low either. I'm not saying be grateful for you know, little scraps and may I have another, sir, and this weakness and scarcity, and oh, I'm just grateful for the little things. Kind of true, but it doesn't mean you're going to stay there, okay? You're not going to just involve your life with lack and little scraps and things like that. What this is about is a little more like the mustard seed or Jack and the Beanstalk or the goose that laid the golden egg, that if you have this one thing, this one thing that works, this one thing that's good, this thing that you like about yourself or stuff or relationship or anything in your life, your health, then that will grow if you focus on that. I have this. Okay, this is good. I have this cheap little car, but you know what? It works. It starts every time, gets me to my job. It'll help me 
find a better job if that's what I'm after. Okay, and then appreciate that car. You know, clean the windows. That's a little, little on the side pro tip for you there. Next time you fill up, if you just clean all your windows, you know, you don't even have to go to the car wash. You don't even have to vacuum it. Just pick up the stuff, you know, the wrappers or the CD cases or whatever you have laying around in your car and organize it a little bit and treat it like it's the car that you want, the new car that does all this stuff and is fancy and shiny and everything. Treat yours as if that's what it is. Say, well, if I had a nicer new car, yeah, sure, I'd wash it. I'd take a lot better care of it than this old hunk of junk. No, treat that hunk of junk like it's the Ferrari or the Lamborghini or the Rolls Royce or whatever it is you want, the Tesla. And it will vibrate. You will make more. More will make more. Just like more lack brings more lack. So if you're in the attitude of lack and you're not grateful for just the little that you do have, you're not really resonating with the vibration that's going to bring more. Okay. And then you're focused on what you don't have. Then it becomes more, you get more of that, right? That you have some, even more will be given. Well, if this sum that you have is lack or frustration or things that don't work, things you don't like, and you're dwelling, focusing on that, you will get more. <laughs> okay. So focus on the little, doesn't matter how small it is. If you're learning an instrument, say like guitar, and you know, you're having trouble with that F chord and that B minor just really is killing you. <laughs> um, but you know what? You can play a G really good. Well, great. Don't get stuck there. Don't stay at G. Learn the other chords. But you've got one. You've got one under your belt. This one is good. Make it good and be happy for that. Instead of saying, well, here's 11 chords I don't know and can't play, say, you know what? I play a pretty mean G chord, you know, and that'll bleed over. It'll magnify and resonate and it'll move on to the next chord. Now, I know that's a silly example, but it really works in our lives in so many ways. And that's why this is a spiritual <laughs> truism. It's just physically true. Okay. More makes more. If it's lack, you will get more lack. If it's frustration you're dwelling on, you will get more frustration because you'll be tuned into that. You will see negativity. If you watch a lot of the news and, you know, even on social media, there's, you know, it can be a lot of negative things uh, that crop up and it can make you feel like there's no hope for humanity or there's no hope for you in your life and all these really horrible things that can lead to despair. All right, then find that one good news story and focus on that and share that with your friends and say, wow, look what somebody did. Somebody saved a kitten from a, you know, stuck in a well or maybe it was Lassie. I don't know. But anything like that, that is more positive. Okay. And same with the inner life. Same with your life. It's not just everything out there and the stuff that you have or don't have. It's the relationship you have with yourself. Okay. There may be, you know, we can be really self-critical uh, and we can have, no matter how hard we try, we can revert to some very negative old tapes, maybe some things that somebody said when we were a child, and that can replay and replay 
And we can become this. We can become tuned in to this vibration of perhaps, say, like a low self-esteem or something like that. If you're too hypercritical of yourself, you're dwelling on the embarrassing thing that you shouldn't have said uh, or this thing you did wrong. Uh, well, what about the other things you did right? You know, focus on those. You don't deny what's lack, what's wrong, and you don't take your eye off, you know, what you would rather have. You know, you want to move forward. You want to have goals. You want to expand. You want to increase. Not just stuff, but maybe it's your experience. Maybe you want to have a deeper connection with life, you know, or with nature. But focus on what you have. Be grateful for what you have. Because no matter what, no matter how little you think you have, whether that's looks or smarts, or friends, or cars, or you know, whatever it is, you know, personal or stuff, that no matter how much or how little that is, we'll start with how little, there's going to be somebody else who has less, and they would like to be where you are, right? If you just went to some four-year school and got a bachelor's degree, and it's like, well, yeah, it's not a master's, it's not a PhD, I'm not going to do this, it's just a four years of cooperate and graduate and I got my thing and now I have some student loans. You can fluff that off as being like, this is, you know, ridiculous or this is, yeah, I did that, but you know, it doesn't really mean much. Well, maybe somebody else who only made it through high school would be, wow, might look at you and say, look what you did, man. You went to school, well, you stuck it out for four or five years and, and got your degree. How about that? Or somebody else who didn't finish high school, you know, you can always I mean, even the richest person in the world, I guess it's Elon Musk right now, um, you know, can say, well, nobody else has more money, but, you know, things go up and down. Somebody probably will, and then he'll get it back again. But there's, you know, maybe he wants more time with his kids. Maybe he wants something else that you have in abundance. Okay, so this comparison with other people can be a really bad thing. Okay, you really want to run your own race, but... It can be a reminder that no matter where you are, if you have a lot, somebody else will probably have more. If you have very little and feel you have very little, there's other people that have less. So run your own race and know where you are in things and know that this little bit is good. It doesn't matter really how small something is. If you can cultivate it, if you can grow it. Okay, there's also another parable in the, I think it's a New Testament, somewhere in the Bible, about the mustard seed. Now, mustard seed, and this is just crops, you know, this is just plant science, uh, is very teeny. It's very, very small. It's like the head of a pen. It doesn't really look like much, um, you know, that's hard to hold on to. It's a very, very small seed. But when a mustard plant really gets going, it can cover a large area with, you know, the strong roots. It can really be, it's not like it's like bamboo or something, you know, it can really grow and be this massive thing and have a very powerful taste if you make mustard uh, sauce out of it. Okay, so that's what that parable is saying, uh, that even the smallest thing can be something great. You know, we all started from seeds, from, you know, biology and 
sperm in an egg and very, very small. You need a microscope. You can't even look at it. It's smaller than a mustard seed. And look what it can grow into. It can grow into a human being who can have a family, who can have a business, can have a life, can have a nonprofit or some organization that helps other people, helps many people. Or maybe you just get through life and you help out yourself and the people in your immediate circle. That's pretty amazing coming from something that was too small to see with your own eye. Okay, so be grateful, if you can, for what it is you have. Okay, he who has much, even more will be given. He who has little, even that will be taken away. All right, that's a cautionary tale. And I'm somebody who's, I use a wheelchair, I've been paralyzed for a bunch of years. And if you know me, you know that, otherwise it's just, it's a thing. Um, but I know from atrophy, from not using my muscles, uh, especially my quadriceps, you know, they've gotten, my legs have gotten really skinny uh, because they haven't been used, right? But I do have some movement, some sensation, a little bit of strength, and I can stand up, um, like holding onto a kitchen countertop. I actually don't need a standing frame, which is kind of rare for a paraplegic, but it's what I have. You know, I may not be able to walk, but I can stand. I'm really good at standing. I can stand for an hour at a time. <laughs> like, I'm really proud of that. Uh, and it's great because it's good for your body. It's good for your bones. We're kind of built that way as human beings to be ambulatory bipeds or whatever we are. Uh, and if you sit all the time, it's, you know, it's kind of not good for you physiologically in a number of ways. And certainly hard for people with disabilities uh, to get up, to stand up. Uh, and it, But it can be done. And I'm able to do that. And actually, I think standing is underrated. There are standing desks now. There are people who work uh, standing up or go throughout the day, move from sitting to standing, back to sitting, and move things around. You have to keep moving. You don't want to get stuck in any one position. But again, I'm really grateful for that because if I wasn't able to stand, um, my bones would uh, deteriorate a little bit more than they already are. Um, and, you know, circulation, um, inflammation, your whole being can be improved by this kind of a movement. Or if you're sitting all the time like me, to be able to stand. Okay? So did that standing and me being grateful that I can stand, this he who has little... Um, and did I make that into more? Did that turn into skipping and jumping and running? And no, but what it's done, it's converted into a much larger life, a longer life. And it's been 30 some years now since I broke my back. And I believe because of many other ways in which I do take care of what I do have and I'm grateful for, uh, I think standing was a big component in that it's helped me maintain you know, my health, and I don't really have uh, a lot of complications. You know, a lot of people do. Uh, everyone's got their own thing, but I believe this standing um, is has really been a major player in helping my continued health to be sustained for many, many years with a spinal cord injury. But if I sat around and thought, well, geez, you know, I can't walk, I can't stand, so what? Standing's nothing, you know. I can't walk, I can't run, I can't walk on the beach or hike in the woods or skateboard or, you know, you could go through all this stuff. 
you know, but I found, which is really kind of interesting, talk about, you know, having something taken away, like your, you know, ability to walk, um, my ability to have a life hasn't been taken away at all. I'm probably more physically active than a lot of other guys my age that are ostensibly able-bodied, okay? So I am grateful, even in this example of, you know, kind of a major disability, it hasn't disabled my life. Yeah, it hurt my ability to walk and all the things that you do with, you know, perfectly working legs, um, but it hasn't slowed down really anything with my enjoyment, with family, uh, with still being able to play music, um, with learning and growing. And certainly I'm sitting down doing this podcast, but so is everybody else, even if their legs are working just fine. Okay. So in some ways it hasn't really affected me, but if I was negative about it and I thought, well, geez, I don't have much. Well, I can't do this and focus on what I don't have. Even though that's kind of true, what I can and cannot do, if I focused on that, then I would have little, and that little would have been taken away. Because what happens is, time takes it away. If you're focused, your your time and your energy on what you don't have, on what's wrong, on what's not going well in your life, that's where your time goes. Put your energy on what's working. See if you can extend that. Make that a little bit greater, okay? And there's nothing greater than gratitude. And again, I am so grateful that you are here listening to me and I want to hear back. I got to find a way to be a little more active or interactive uh, on the social or the podcast or however this goes. Leave a comment on YouTube if you watch the video. And thank you again. I'm so grateful for you and everything else that I have in my life. And we'll see you next time here. I'm living the inner life.